What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Hollywood Tales, where we get dirty, deep, and disgusting with our best Hollywood tales. My guest today is a... Speaking of dirty and deep. (laughs) We've become pretty good friends lately, and it's funny because we ran in the same circles like 20 years ago, Yeah, but we never... We may have met, but I don't think... I don't remember... I think you guys came into it as I was leaving it. Probably. I think that's kind of how it happened. We were like uh, early 90s, like mid 90s. Yeah. I mean, Pantera, Sarah, yeah. and Tommy Alaster. They had all those nightclubs. Right. Uh, Jen Rosero. Remember yeah. Las Palmas? Yeah, and, yeah. And so you guys know Pantera, Sarah as the club promoter. Like that's how you. Yeah. You well, know yeah. But then we, Sarah and I actually, you know, we spawned a friendship out of outside of the club promotion. But sure. you know, she was very selective about who came over to her house. Right. For, Game nights but and that kind of what thing. What I'm saying is, like, that's when you guys started uh, friends with her when she was already a club promoter. Yes, I was. I've been friends with her since she was a waitress at Je- uh, Jerry's Deli. Oh, so, that's like, right. I knew her before she ever got into that. Before oh, she started working for Bolt House and oh, see, and I, didn't, I didn't know that. I yeah, knew yeah. You, were, you. So, so Phil Buckman, everybody, if you're just <laughs> tuning in. Uh, and by the way, my name's Ahmed Ahmed. We're uh, here at Jam in the Van Studios. Our uh, producer, editor, creative, everything, Wolf Ramirez is over here behind the scenes. Thank you, Wolf. If you haven't been to this complex, it's an ex-rehab center located in West L.A., um, and nothing's changed. People are still doing drugs and drinking and all that stuff. But uh, it's really cool. It's artist-friendly. It's a multiplex with indoor-outdoor... Plumbing. Plumbing. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, they have live music and live recording uh, in the van, which is why it's called Jam in the Van. And um, if you're ever in L.A., go to jamintheVan.com, see what kind of events they have coming up. Phil and I, uh, you just said we, you were coming out of the scene as we were coming into the scene. Right. But then we reconnected through our mutual friend, Jason Teague. Right. Uh, Jason Teague is an architect developer friend of ours who lives up in the canyon. We won't say where because we don't want people <laughs> knowing where you live. Right. <laughs> uh, but you guys live in a really kind of close-knit uh, neighborhood, and, and um, it's a really cool thing. But when we started reconnecting and well, connecting the dots, technically, yeah. we're like, oh, you know this person? You know that person? Oh, my God. We And we knew a lot of the same people and yeah. know a lot of the same people. We call that Jewish geography. <laughs> You're from Queens, I am. New York, I am. and I watched a clip of you on a sitcom, and I couldn't find the name of it. It was a YouTube clip where you played a handyman, and you were married to Na- Natasha Leggero. Oh, okay. What was that called? Uh, that was called Broke. I was not married to Natasha's or character. Or you had a relationship, I, and who dumped who, and all I, that. Yeah, so Natasha's character and my character dated in high school. That's right. And um, I, I watched your, your demo reel, basically. You had like a, a demo reel yeah, online. Yeah. That I saw, but so sorry, yeah, but so that was a sitcom called Broke on CBS. That uh, it actually was on. That what? episode was on during the pandemic. The beginning, yeah. and we year, shot right before. Was that? It was right before yeah. everything went to hell. It looked like it was pretty re- like relevant because you had a lot of there was there was a lot of dialogue that was like up to speed. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That was it was Polly Perrette's show. Polly from uh, um, what was it, NCIS. Mm. Uh, she played Abby mm-hmm. on, on NCIS, and so this yeah, was, she's great. By the she's way, she's awesome. Yeah. She's why I got the job. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she when when she was shooting the pilot, she called. I, I've known her for years. We uh, we did a pilot in I want to say ninety. We used to hang out with her a lot at the Velvet Margarita Cantina. Oh yeah, Coenga. She yeah. used to go in there all the time. She's rad. She's yeah, rad. She's yeah, we we did a pilot together called Jersey back in the early nineties. I want to say, and um, didn't get picked up, but we stayed. We ended up staying friends. And um, when 
when this show happened, she called me. She's like, I want you to play my my ex-husband on the show. I was like, great. They brought me in for that. I ended up not getting it because CBS wanted somebody else. Right. But at that point, the producers liked me, so they actually wrote that part uh, for me. Um, so when I was watching it, because I know you, <clears throat> Phil Buckman is a very accomplished uh, musician. You know him from the bands Fuel, Filter, Petty Cash. You've played with Steel Panther, right? Yeah, I right? toured with Steel Panther. Uh, really accomplished bass player. All, we also have a mutual weird back story. Uh, so we're both friends with Tom Morello. Oh, yeah. Tom Morello, guitarist from Rage Against the Machine. He was on my pod. He was the first episode, actually, of our podcast. Remember that? Um, old friend of ours. And <clears throat> when he was putting the band Rage Against the Machine together, mm-hmm. he asked you to be the bassist. He did. And you you said no. I did. No, I I dig it. Um, No, look, everybody... Chalk that up to the stupid... I I mean, it actually... It wasn't a stupid decision. No, uh, it's a blessing in disguise. But, you know, like, sometimes... We we talked about this. Like, certain actors don't take certain... Like, Will Smith was up for The Matrix and said no. Yeah. Matt Damon was up for Avatar and said no. Right. Like, certain projects come about and you go, eh... I don't know if it's going to go or, or, or sink. Will Smith, uh, Matrix still would have been the Matrix. It would have right. been, you know, with a different with feel all the to it. And, and all the that, same sure. with Avatar. Um, Rage Against the Machine would not have been Rage Against the Machine had I joined the band. From what I understand, um, Zach, uh, the singer, uh, wouldn't have gone, uh, he wouldn't have joined the band unless he could bring Tim Comerford, right. the bass player. Right, right, right. So now, backstory on how that all happened Tom played in a band called Lockup in yep. Hollywood, and I played in a band called Tribal Sex Cult. Thank you. Um, Tribal sex yeah. cult. And I, you, I, can, you can name a band that today. Yeah, no, hell no. You'll get me, uh, you'll get no. me too right yeah. away. I tribal mean, that was, yeah, there was Tribal Sex Cult, uh, Electric Love Hogs, Pygmy Love Circus. Like, these were all bands in Hollywood at the time. What, 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 what yeah. were the other two? Uh, uh, Electric Love Hogs. Electric Love Hogs. Which, that's another story. They're the reason I do what I do. <laughs> I, I, li- I was I Pull was the shovel man. It's gonna we're going deep. Today. Oh yeah, no, we'll, we'll come back to the Love Hogs <laughs> yeah. in a second. And then Pygmy Love Circus was another big band in Hollywood yeah. back in like 1990. Pygmy Love Circus. That was it. Jesus. Yeah. H Allah. Uh, so so uh, Lockup had broken up. I left Tribal and I had joined another band called Some Angry Angel, and we had a development deal with Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers was paying our bills. And um, now, when you say Warner Brothers is paying your bills, how much, if you don't mind me asking, how much money are they giving you? It guys? was, it was kind of a, a, uh, I can't really say, not that I don't want to. I just, it was literally like we, had, we had, we had like a sweetheart deal with somebody, one of the high execs at Warner Brothers. Like if we need, when I say pay bills too, it's like our musical bills. Like, and, and you're playing what kind of music? Rock, just straight uh, rock. Like it was, rock and roll. it was rock. Yeah, it was kind of coming off of, I don't want to say the hair metal. Uh, era. This was like 1991. Like Motley Crue-ish? It was more melodic, but, you know, we... Creed? No. (laughs) You said melodic. No. You know what? I don't even know what we could compare it to, but uh, it was good music. The the guy who wrote, um, his name is Todd Miller, he wrote almost all the music. He was from Seattle. um, Was friends with, like, the Alice in Chains guys growing up. Um, So there was a lot of that sort of aesthetic to it. It was... Picture like grunge meeting the metal, the the LA metal scene at the time. Mm. Uh, so anyway, so, so like Soundgarden ish, uh, Seattle, more radio friendly ish, yeah, yeah, kind of in that in that wheelhouse, mm. um, but a little more. Uh, Can gla- we find it online? Up. Is there? I don't think so. <laughs> I I sure as hell hope not. <clears throat> um, 
It's not the best look, uh, but anyway. Well, you got a deal. Well, well, we had we had we had this sweetheart deal. So so they were paying they were paying for our you know rehearsals. They were paying for our demos. They were paying for string sticks, gear, whatever we needed. Um, so that's what I had going on. Plus, I was on a TV show. Um, I was on a show called uh, Drexel's Class uh, on Fox. You were on that show. Mm-hmm. Who did you play on that show? I didn't. I played I, Slash. I was. Oh, okay. You know, I went on your IMDb. You, mm-hmm. He's an actor as well, everybody. And I didn't realize how many credits you had as an yeah. actor. Yeah. And a voiceover artist. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've, I've been really really lucky. What um, do you like the best? Like, what's your favorite thing? I know you you so I love all of them, but if yeah. you had to choose voiceover artist, musician, actor, which what would you do? You know, I. Now I'm gonna have to say I'm back to acting. Okay. Yeah, I'm back to acting. I did music for, for a while. You know, like ten or fifteen years. I was touring a lot with Filter and Fuel and and Panther and stuff. And um, I have I have young kids. Uh, yeah, man, I, your, your your kids are adorable. Thank you very much. I just realized you just told me today that they're twins, but yeah. they don't look like they're twins. Yeah, they don't look at all like fraternal. Yeah, one's like three or four inches tall. And your wife the other. Lauren, he's awesome. She might want. Yeah, she's super she's, funny. She's amazing. She's super funny. She, she tells me to say that all the time. She's incredible. <laughs> she's honestly one of the funniest people I've ever met. She is. She's right. She just is full of joy. I don't think I've ever seen her in a bad mood. Is uh, she bad moods? Just with me. But that's <laughs> but that sort of comes with the ring, right? Yeah, that comes um, with the ring. Yeah, like it's a heavy thing. You <laughs> right? Uh, no, no. She, she's she's honestly she's amazing. But um, yeah, so I mean, I got I have my young kids, and you know, when I, I was out on tour with Steel Panther in September, and one of my kids lost a tooth, and I mean that happens all the time, and I, I wasn't home at the moment, or she was at school when she lost it. But to me, that was a warning sign. Like if you keep touring you're gonna miss more you're gonna and miss more. these moments and right. i did miss a lot up and you know in the first six years uh out with well fuel i joined fuel when uh lauren was pregnant with the twins um and so i did miss a lot but it, but they were too young to notice and when i got back from the panther tour um my daughter charlie was like are you going back on tour and i said i don't know maybe she's and she said i don't want you to and i was like that's that's, that's that when you're when your scary. sweet little daughter says daddy yeah. don't go yeah. don't leave and they want i me. don't have kids not yeah that i know of, but well you're uncle med I'm, I'm uncle Ahmed. that's it i'm yeah. just gonna be the uncle but i feel like um a lot of my friends who are dads <clears throat> their daughters or their young daughters always have that little like it's a whole grasp on them completely. On daddy's heart you know don't go so that's completely. cool man so yeah so i took that Tooth, uh, losing the tooth as a warning shot. Yeah, um, across the bow, you know. But you're—I mean, I've seen you around your kids. You're like there. You're—you're you're on them. You're, oh, I'm you know. super present. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, I mean, especially I haven't been on the road since September, and so uh, even more so, you know. Yeah. And I—and I love it. I—I I don't miss it. Um, I've been offered other gigs and turned them down, uh, just for now at least, uh, just because I want to be home with them. Sure. And well, they're also at that age where you should. You should be home with them. Yeah. You should be if you can. bothering them. If you can. I mean, some you know, some people don't have that luxury. Right. You know, they have to go on the road. They have to yeah. tour. They have to do that thing. Um, I am fortunate that I have other things that I do. So uh, I don't have to. I was actually just t- having this exact conversation with my friend Tyson Leslie yesterday. He's um, he's keyboard player and utility player for the band Vixen. Mm. And he's got some other things in, in, the, uh, in the works right now. But we were literally talking about that. We were talking about why I'm not, I didn't continue touring. And I said, look, you are a true and true uh, diehard musician. That's what you do. That's all you do. That's what you have to do. I'm fortunate that I play music. I'm an actor. I do, you know, various yeah, other things. Yeah, multi-talented, sure. But, but I can stay home. 
Right. Like I can say, all right, I'm just going to pull back on the focus on this area and, and ramp it up on this area. So, so. I, I've been to your house and you have a, like this <clears throat> studio, yeah. music and uh, voiceover yeah. things that you submit and then self-tape auditions. Right. Like you have it all rigged yeah, yeah. So at your house. My studio is next door to the house and it's um, I have a live room. Uh, when it was a music, when it was a full music studio, the live room was, you know, 15 by 25. It was a huge room. And um, I, I converted it uh, recently to a photo studio because that's my next sort of... Photography. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, you know, that's another thing that I forgot to mention because that is, was also on your Wikipedia that you're also a photographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so four talents so far we've got going on. I just don't have any other skills. That's what it comes you, down you to. You have four things crossed off so far. What yeah. else do you want to do? Well, luckily, they all pay <laughs> uh, ridiculous amounts of money yeah. and are super uh, stable. Sure. I'm kidding. I'm constantly scrambling trying to make a living. I don't know. I feel like you're always working. I want to go back to this uh, sitcom, Broke. Yeah, yeah so okay. So you get the gig, because I just we kind of touched on it. I wanted to go back to it. Sorry, I'm ADD. I have so many questions Same. for you. <clears throat> you get the gig. Um, your character was very... Because you're from Queens, New York. Yeah. But... When you, when I started hanging out with you at, over during the pandemic at the Teagues and all that, um, you don't come across New York. You come across really like Southern California. Yeah, well, I, I grew but up when here. I right. Yeah. But when I saw this character you played, and you also were on Seinfeld, I saw. No, I wasn't was on Seinfeld? Seinfeld. I was you did on something with Jason Alexander. I, yeah, I, I was on Bob Patterson, which was his series after Seinfeld. Oh, okay, I thought it was Seinfeld. Yeah, I saw a clip. With you and Jason Alexander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you play these real, like, New York, like, kind of like, you know, like, your character on Broke it was so not you. <laughs> I, got, I was like, this is good fucking acting. Thank you. Because I know you as, like, you know, you're such a sweetheart, yeah. a nice guy, and please thank you, excuse me. And this guy, this character you play on Broke is, like, such a dick. I, I, my wife. <laughs> it's a little Fonzie. Yeah. But more, like, more alpha and, like, you know. <laughs> You're like yeah. working out and shit. You're doing one arm push ups. Yeah, that was that was ridiculous. Um, yeah, that came about. I thought it was a great role for you. It was it was a fun role. It was definitely Why a lot of fun. Why didn't it go? Uh, I don't know. Never go to series, I guess. That's well, it did go to series. It was on. It didn't get picked up. It didn't get picked up for a second season. It did. They did thirteen the first season. You never know with shit like that. Right? You never know. I was on a sitcom for three years called Sullivan and Son on TBS, which nobody watched. But um, a new president came in. To TBS, yeah, and he's wiped out all the old programming and brought in his. Of shit. course, yeah, that's, that's that's how it works. Right? That's kind of the way it happens. Look, um, there's no rhyme or reason. A lot of it's uh, political move, yeah. moves within networks. Um, I was on a show uh, called um, Boston Public. Okay, wait, was uh, that the detective show? No, or? that's um, that? no Boston Public was the one about the the high school. I, I missed. It that. was uh, Shy McBride. Um, Drama, Jerry, Jerry Ryan, yeah, drama on Fox, and um, I came in for as a guest star for I think two episodes. Ended up they were adding me to the rest of the uh, the rest sweet, of the run. It, it was it was great. That, that's a great when you book a TV because I did. <clears throat> I started out as a recurring character on Sullivan and Son, mm -hmm. and season two they made me a series regular. Yeah, that's just unheard of sometimes. It, you know, because you just never know. In my career, that's the way it happens. Yeah. Um, Drexel's class. I came in as a guest star for one episode. Yeah. They brought me back for another, then another eight times until they upped me to series regular. Um, I was on my next series. I was on was called Daddy's Girls with uh, Carrie Russell, Harvey Firestein, Dudley Moore, and um, same thing. I, I was I was just a guest star on the pilot, 
and they, uh, they made me a series regular on that. Boston Public was the same kind of deal. I was only supposed to be in two episodes. Then they ended up boarding me for the rest of the uh, the run of the series. That's such a blessing. In um, our industry, that's we call that luck. Yeah, right? it's, it's it's luck. Raw luck. It's right place, right time. Yeah, the stars align. Yeah, boom. It's, and you're ready. Yeah, because you have to be, be prepared. That you know you can't just come in cold. Right. Well, I, I unless think... you're super good looking, which is which, is, which you are. <laughs> well, thank you. That happens a lot. Sometimes you're just good looking, and they're like, you know what, we want that person. I think I think it's what you do with you know what you do with the character. Yeah. And stuff, and and Boston Public, those guys wrote me the best character I've ever gotten had the good fortune to play. Um, it was the deepest. Um, smartest like most uh in-depth character I've, I've ever gotten to play and uh it worked um and so they so they were they were bringing me in for the rest of the, apparently they're bringing me in for the rest of the the run of the series and the exec producer had another pilot that he was shopping and it was between fox and abc and he gave it to abc so fox basically said well we're just going to cancel boston public then Ugh. so that's how, so that was that's my point is i hate that Politics, you know, integrate. So, <clears throat> Natasha Leggero. Mm -hmm. I want to talk about her for a second because I we we didn't start out together, but we crossed <clears throat> paths quite a bit for about eh, maybe five years on and off at the comedy store. Mm -hmm. I think she's super talented. She's really pretty. She's very funny. Yeah, she's got quick whimsical timing. I, I thought your guys' chemistry was really good. What was what was it like working with her? It was great. I mean, we didn't do that much together. Um, we, you know, we had. She's she's a snazzy chick. She was awesome. I mean, yeah. she was great. I. But she I, has a what do you call it? She has Genesequa. She has that like snazzy Genesequa, like she, smart Alec. Yeah, definitely yeah. has that, and and I I yeah, love and appreciate I, that. I'm a big fan of her. <clears throat> no, she's great. I mean, she's I've funny as fuck. I've loved her her stand up for for years, and then you know getting to work with her was was definitely a. Uh, a treat. Um, she's very poised. Yes, the way she talks. She she's is very, like from she, the from the forties. She's so above it all. She's above and I mean all, that in the she, best way. She's like a throwback from like the old like yes. old Hollywood. Yes, a darling. She's like that kind of she is. Yeah, <laughs> she's funny. And she's married to Moshi uh, Kasher. Yeah, yeah, who's a really funny guy too. I I, I don't know Moshi. I I you know, I've I've seen stuff on you know their yeah. podcast. They have and, a podcast. Yeah, right. right. Um. But, uh, you know, again, on that show, Polly Perrette was the one that I was friends with, or yeah. am friends with. So I, you know, hung out with her. And then the kid on the show was, like, a big music fan and was thoroughly <laughs> impressed that I was in a, you know, in a band. I was still playing with Fuel at the time. Right. And um, so, you know, I would, like, go to his dressing room. You know, his mom and Polly would come in, and we'd all, like, we'd, uh, like, I'd play bass for him and, you know. So... Let, let, let's get into that for a second. Yeah, fuel was considered at the time. Um, <clears throat> what, what what genre was that for you? Like what year span that I, that I played? Yeah, because a couple of bass players came in and out, right? Yeah. Um, so I I started playing with them in 2015. Um, I had quit Filter in 2013 and was done. Um, the, the experience of being in filter made me want to leave music altogether. And so Why? I was. Uh, it's rough. It was a. It was that a, band or that, just the that band? Right. Was 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 rough. I mean, that, that was considered what rock as well. Or yeah, heavier, heavier, sort rock. of like industrialish rock. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, uh, what I'm saying is is kind of no secret. I mean, he's gone through a lot of members. The singer, it's his band, and and he's gone through a lot of members. Just 
Um, I think he's mellowed with age, but at the time he was just a little on the on the difficult end. Just hard to work with. Yeah, I mean, do. it was. It just. Be, uh, how do I put this uh, delicately? It just wasn't fun <laughs> anymore. <clears throat> um, and and literally, it, that was it. Like, I know. I, I wasn't. Killer. I was playing in filter because it was fun. I didn't need. You know, I was in a fortunate position. I didn't need the money. I had a really good voiceover job that was paying a ridiculous amount of money. Were month. you guys touring quite a bit? Or was <clears throat> we were touring it a lot. Recording? We were touring Filter. a lot. And you're selling out, like, how many seats? Um, we were playing anywhere from, I mean, not. It, we did most, mostly, like, clubs and, and theaters. So, like, what, so, a thou- like 500, 1,000? 500 to 2,500. Okay. You know, was, was probably. And you're touring all over America. All over uh, the world. The we world. did, we, right. well, we did Europe. Um the best shows, the coolest shows I've ever been a part of were because of Filter. I got to play um, four shows in Iraq on, oh, wow. on different bases, uh, oh, cool. a bunch of shows in Kuwait on different bases. Um, the military shows for me have always been the only time I've ever felt that what I was doing was important. Yeah, I've done that. I've done military tours. They're awesome. Yeah. I did it in... And they're in, so grateful that completely grateful. come out. Yeah. Um, I got to go to Guantanamo Bay and, oh, wow. and play there. Um, I did that with... Uh, filter and then became friends with the uh, MWR people who are the people that booked the acts mm. and convinced them to bring uh, Petty Cash over there. Petty Cash is the Tom Petty, Johnny Cash right. uh, so band. Let, 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 let's pause on that for a second because okay. I want to I talk to you about Petty Cash. But <clears throat> moving in and out of Filter, yeah. did you leave or did they let you go? Uh, or was it amicable? It's... Well, it, <laughs> if you ask me, I quit. If you ask them, they fired me. <laughs> now... Now, Isn't but, that always the case? But, but I he, broke up with it. Well, here's the story, and then you can decide, okay? okay? Uh, we were doing a tour with Stone Temple Pilots. We had a month left to go. You're um, opening for Stone Temple, Stone Temple Pilots. Pilots. Um, with, what was that like? It was great. It was with uh, when Chester Bennington was singing for them, mm-hmm. so that was, was awesome. Chester was you, The band sweet. members got along. And yeah. they were. you always hear horror stories. No, like they were awesome. Bands always fighting, Motley Crue and Poison. And no, like those guys were great. Oh, we've never had any animosity with any bands well, I've never had any animosity <laughs> yeah. with any bands. I can't say That's the same about members of the bands that I was in <laughs> with other bands. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, totally lost my train of thought there. Um, uh, leaving the band, uh, what were we talking about? Exactly. Who fired who? who oh, fired who fired who? Thank yeah. you. So so I was... I, <laughs> Thank I, you. Thank you, Wolf. I mentioned that I had this voiceover job. Yes. And that was starting to get taxed by, because of my schedule. And the voiceover job was my bread and butter. There's no way I was giving that up. So, um, what are you in commercials? Yeah, or? I was. I was the voice of Carl's Jr. Oh, you were. Yeah, for like 16 years. I didn't know that. Yeah, like when what? Just give us a quick slogan. Without us, some guys would starve. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, Is that? Well, <laughs> you got to pay for that. You they don't use that account anymore. Was that was that the one where the guys is like sitting there like yes. salivating over a burger? Yes. Oh, okay. I did all, all their commercials That's so except it. for two. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, I did all their commercials except for two in sixteen years. And don't tell me how much you made, but approximately, like, what were you clocking doing that kind of work? Um, Just for the people out there that might want to get in a voiceover work. It was that job that paid for my house. Okay, so you made some money. Paid for my living, cars. Living a nice house. Paid for my first divorce. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was, that was good money. That was great money. Um, so, uh, you know, stand up comedy might be a good Hashtag truth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, so, so a, month, a month left on this tour, and I tell the guys, listen, I got to leave. I, I, you know, I can't give up this job. Um, so at the end of the, the SDP tour, I'm, I'm out. And they, you know, they didn't want me to go. And they were begging me, you know, please don't go. Please don't leave. Please don't leave. Um, they had another tour booked for like, that was supposed to start like a week or two after that tour. This is Filter. This is Filter. And how did you guys, <coughs> and, and so like, I, I, I helped pick, uh, my replacement mm. um am i like i'm i'm the one who yeah, like you gave me two week notice you found a replacement i, I gave a month notice right. i found the replacement and you know i reached out and like dude if there's any questions you come to me i'll help you you right. know get in line and um these guys were you know please don't go please don't go to the tour manager please don't do it and they're like at least just do this last you know tour before you know before whatever i was like fine so i made arrangements with the carl's people to you know, I was like, can I extend for just two more weeks and do this? They said, sure, no problem. So I went and told those guys. And then they, for that, for the next tour, I, <laughs> like a day or two before the tour, I get a call from the, my rep from the base amp company. He's like, what the fuck's going on with your band? I just got a call from, from their management saying that they needed a duplicate rig of yours uh, sent to them ASAP in cases. And I was like, oh, geez. And they, they, so they, they brought me back in so that they could fire me. I hate that. That's so, like when you break up with your chick and then and then she wants to get back together with you and then she breaks up with you. Yeah. Just because she wants to say I did the fucking breakup. But the That's such bullshit. The best part about social media though is that um everybody knew that I was leaving the band. Right. And then I was going to extend and then they fired and like Was it the lead singer that was orchestrating this whole fucking coup or Well, let's just say it's his band. Okay, <laughs> enough said. Um, <laughs> enough said. You, got but, you had me at his band. Yeah, but I mean, look, that's that. That's water under the dr uh, under the bridge. He's reached out and apologized, um, and you know, had actually asked me to play on some recording stuff. That oh, that's he, that all right. I, I believe in you know accountability and yeah, no, redemption. It, if somebody's like, "Hey, I fucked up. I'm sorry." Will you come back? Please forgive me. I believe in all that. Yeah. When somebody doesn't do it. I don't know that it went that far. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but there was definitely a, hey, man, you know, like, I'm sorry for the way things went down. And, and you know, I forgave him and everything was cool. And, you know, he asked me to record on another thing. And I Have you since? Or? No. I, I, I said, listen, you know, I appreciate that. I, it really means a lot. But there's just some paths I choose not to go down yeah. again. You're dead to me, kid. It <laughs> wasn't quite that. It was just like... We're, we're where we are. Let's not. Let's just be peaceful. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm in the I'm in the comedy business, and comedians are very cutthroat, backstabby. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that yeah, conniving yeah. and this, that, and the other thing. And so, um, there are beefs or <clears throat> roads that I've sort of closed off with certain comics, and don't wish to repeat them and yeah. go back to them, even if they come back and say, "Hey, can we?" Blah blah blah. blah. No, go, totally. Hey, man, wish you the best. I'm making a right, you make a left, yeah. and I'll see you on Judgment Day. Yeah, and, and, whatever, and it's whatever. all good. I like, it's all like I said, it's all water under the bridge, and right. you know that was that was a couple of years ago. So how do you get into fuel? So I get into fuel. So fuel and filter had toured together. Mm. I became really good friends with all the guys in that band. Um, really talented band, by the way. Yeah, really talented and, band. And the, I feel like the music was. 
I, I don't know. What do you think of fuel? Well, like but where, what would you consider their genre, like genre? They're alternative rock. Alt, alt rock, right? Yeah. A little Nirvana ish. Yeah. I mean, it all came um, around that same era. Yeah. The same, like, yeah, 90s, yeah. late 90s. Uh, they were late, late 90s, <coughs> early 2000s. Right. Um, so. Uh, I did when I was in Filter. We did a thing called Ship Rocks, which is one of those big rock cruises. Mm. And Fuel was I on. I remember those. Fuel was on. The, they still do it every year. Uh, Poison used to do those. I now everybody's doing. Everyone's it. yeah because they probably make a lot of money. They make a lot of money. It's a free vacation for the artists. Mm. Uh, my wife and I loved going on it. We had we had a blast. I've done it. I think five times, mm. four times. I think twice with Filter, and then three times as what's called the Stowaway, which is you know, when, when you become friendly with the guys that run it, they're mm-hmm. like, hey, will you come out? And, like, we'll throw people together to do, like... makeshift band. Yeah, it's like, we'll do you, you and like the guy from music, Seven Dust right. and the guy from Drowning Pool. We'll put That's you together fine. and you play, you know, That's a Prince fine. song, you yeah. know? Um, yeah, that was cool. I did Darling Nikki with uh, Corey Glover singing oh, from wow. Living Color. That was <laughs> ridiculous. Um, but anyway, uh, so on the, the that uh, ship rock that, that we were on, um, I didn't... I never hung out with the guys in Filter, Um not that there was anything wrong with them. It just we just never hung out, you know. Um, but in in the fuel camp, those guys were all super cool. They were a little more like my kind of people. Like you know what tribe, I mean? Yeah. Like we were just we were just all friends, and we were all on the boat with our wives, uh, girl or girlfriend. My wife was my girlfriend at the time, and so it was literally Lauren and myself hanging out with Brett and Abby, who's a singer, and his wife, and Andy and Annika, the old guitar player, and and Brad and. And Mary, his wife, um, and we were the you know the the dynamic team on on that boat. So we became friends. Brett and Abby. Did the wives get along? Completely, completely. Um, Rockstar wives. Yeah. Know. Oh what, no. What's that show called? Basketball wives or something? There's one. There's with, a show about like. There's one about ro- uh, rockstar wives too. Rock, that's what yeah, it's yeah. called. Rockstar. Or oh, is it rockstar wives? Yeah. Well, there's there's both. Yeah. Um, but your your wives got along. We're, yeah, we all got along. That's so, important. Yeah, totally. You don't want cat fights on a fucking cruise. Not show. at all. <laughs> Not at all. So, but anyway, it turns out that Brett and Abby um, lived two exits away from from us, and so we became friends back home, and we hung out all the time. And at this this point now, I'm out of filter, and I'm not playing in any bands, um, but we're like there are people like we're hanging out with them all the time. Um, Lauren is pregnant now, and I get a text. I get a call from Brett. I was on a Friday. June 3rd, <laughs> remember the day, um, in 2015, uh, left me a message. He's like, dude, I need you. Brad, uh, Brad Stewart was the bass player. Um, Brad's brother died this morning um, out of nowhere. He was a 40-year-old firefighter, had a heart attack, and dropped dead. Um, he's like, Brad's brother died this morning. I need you to learn my set and be on a plane on Monday because we start a tour Wednesday. Is Fuel already Fuel at this point? Oh, yeah. They're already like a big band. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you got kissed into the deal, well, because he knows you're a great bass player, but also because he trusts you. He's, he's my have a friend. Yeah, he's my buddy. And, you know, it was supposed to be for a week or two. Um, and I'm like, shoot, I don't, I didn't know. I didn't want to do music anymore. I was, I was kind of done. Yeah, Carl's Jr. was paying, paying the bills. Yeah, that was paying the bills. And, you know, my, I, I had gotten married and uh, was having kids and I, I just, I was but ready. when you get a call from the lead singer, singer of a big rock band, yeah, and says, "Hey, I need you to come on tour with me," you you cannot say no to that. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you can. I I would just. You, Wolf? I would. I've never been on a major. 
I'm just saying, but if you're married with, with a pregnant wife and the lead singer from, you know, well, Axl Rose calls you and says, hey, I need you to replay. Ah. <laughs> well, see, now it's funny you say that because I did just get recently a call from Stephen Adler's camp. Oh, the drummer, for, yeah, to, to to tour with them for the summer. And oh, I, really? And I said no. So oh, yes, you can say no. Um, and hey, I respect your integrity and your you know. And, and it, nothing. I love Stephen. I think he's the nicest guy. And you know, I get to play all those classic Guns N' Roses songs that I sure. grew up. You know, well, you know, listening. What, what to. happened to their bases? Um, their bass player. Is he also plays in uh, Slash's band? Mm. Coincidentally enough, um, sl- um, Slash, Miles Kennedy, and the, the Conspirators that that whole mm. that whole thing. So he was out on the road with those guys, and that's his priority because that's a bigger look. He get, you know, his paycheck's bigger, obviously, <coughs> for that one. Sure. And so they were looking for a new sub for Todd for for Todd Kearns, the bass player, and Steve and Adler's main you know his right hand man, Steven Sprite, is an old friend of mine from like my gym rat days like in 1990 and he called me up and he's like hey would you do this we got like 15 or 10 or 15 shows coming up and I was like honestly I just I, I want to be home with my family um and I don't have the time to I don't blame you I don't have the time to I mean doing the shows <coughs> is one thing but it's it's taking the time to like yeah, being learn all the material yeah. like even that like you're locked in a room in your house you don't see your family and yeah. and um it was it was an honor to be asked, but I just, I, my priority, I, you know, like I made the decision to stay home and, and try to launch this photography business and, yeah. and do that. So that's, that's what I decided what, what, to do. What's the process when you get hired to work with a existing band mm-hmm. and you have to learn their music? You said you lock yourself in a room. Yeah. What do you like? Read the music, put your headphones on, like I put the headphones how, on. Like, how do you, how do you capture and mimic like what they're already doing? So, um, process? I put, I take I take all their songs and I load it into Pro Tools, which is a uh, audio software, uh, recording software. And um, the first thing I do is I press play, listen, <laughs> and I listen to a part, and a part will repeat. And then as soon as it changes, I stop, I cut it, and then go on to the next one. So I literally make sections. So my my screen looks like blocks. Right? It's like memorizing lines. Yeah, you li- a line at a time, as an actor, a right? line at a time, a line at a time. You, right. you memorize a line. Memorize two lines, then you put them together, then you go into the third line, memorize the three. But I'm saying like, okay, so you're saying like musically as a yeah. bass player, you're doing that. Yeah. So memorizing, I and, memorizing, and I learn by listening. I, I I'm self-taught. <coughs> I, I don't read music. Um, I've never taken lessons, and I teach myself by listening to the music and figuring out. What's a lot what. of great uh, musicians do. When Tom Morello was on the podcast, um, he he said he was pretty pretty self-taught, although he did have a teacher yeah. younger. Like he had, he took a few guitar lessons younger, but yeah, he's he's pretty self-taught. I, I've taken a couple of lessons, but nothing that I would say were musically fundamental. It's more like technique stuff. Like right. how do you do? Tom the... Tom said the same thing. Yeah, he said I'm. Remember that Wolf? He's like I'm a technician. I'm yeah. not really a naturally. Yeah, his son uh, Roman. Mm-hmm. He's this guy. This kid shreds. He's yeah. like twelve years old. That's, yeah, I've heard. <clears throat> but Tom, like, he's more of technician. Tom is like a mechanic. Tom is uh, the best at what he does. Um, Tom doesn't play just guitar. Tom no. plays his guitar. He plays his effect pedals. Yeah. Um, and he plays DJs copy him. Sound. Yeah. Like like world famous DJs go to Tom to find out how he's doing these 
all these weird riffs that he does. Tom, I mean, Tom, he found an incredible niche. I mean, some of the stuff that he does, you look at it and you're like, that's the <laughs> simplest thing in the world. And I don't mean any disrespect by that no, at all. It's, he just found, it's like, he found it. Yeah, it's like he took something so brilliant, flipped a switch on something, tweaked a knob to oh, get a sound, yeah. and you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. And you're, you're blown away. And then you look at it and you're like, it's brilliant. Yeah, you know? I mean, uh, I, you know, because I asked him, I said, hey, you know, how do you come up with all your weird riffs? And he's just like, you know what? I just, he just, it, it's very much like, you know, he pulls out his tools yeah. and he starts going to work on the car. Yeah. It's really, really incredible. Most people, um, like if you get an effect pedal, you plug it in, you get a sound, you're done, that's it. Like, oh, my delay's going to go, bah, 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 and that's going to be it. Tom he gets in there, plays, and tweaks, remembers what he does. <clears throat> And and plays that, so he actually plays more than just guitar. He plays his his effects pedals, and he's there is nobody better at it than he is. He put out two albums, Atlas, I think Atlas Underground one and two. Is it Atlas Underground? Right. <clears throat> and um, he said uh, when he was on the podcast that when he did that, he did it during the pandemic, and he was recording stuff on his iPhone, mm -hmm. like on his voice note. Yeah. So he would just plug in his guitar and his phone. Yeah. And start playing riffs, and then he would send these riffs to producers around the world mm -hmm. from his phone. Yeah, and that's how he made his two two like hit you know cult hit uh, albums. Technology is grand, it's isn't grand, it? Grand, isn't it? I uh, I've done commercials that have been on the air that I've recorded on my phone. Oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, I'd be out on the road, and somebody needs something yesterday, and so I would leave a restaurant or a club that we're at, go out and back, or go on a tour bus. And if I didn't have time to hook everything up and they needed it right then and there, I would just... Right there on your iPhone? Or? Well, I have a microphone that plugs into the right. iPhone. But still. But still, yeah, like that. Voice. And, yeah, and boom, send it And off. they probably tweak it a little bit and post. Maybe a little. <clears throat> and then but, you know, you have, I have a, a good microphone, good, that will plug into an iPhone, you know. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, and I, I literally have one in my car just in case. Just in case. You might get the call today. Yep. So you get called... Uh, by Brett. Okay. From Fuel. That's right. And he says, <laughs> let's just, I want to curtail back. And he says, hey man, study this music. You're going to be on a plane Monday. Or he said, will you do it? Will and you do it? And so Lauren and I had a conversation and she said, well, it's Brett. You have to. <laughs> well, because, because there were. I could see your wife actually saying that. She's like, honey. She's like, it's Brett. You know, we and have. And they were to. hot back then. Um, I mean, it was. It was, you know, 2015. So, I mean, they, well, were, they were at their... I mean, we were still playing decent-sized places. Like what? 5,000, 10,000? Uh, we would do... Well, well, we were actually getting ready. The tour that he that we did was the Summerland tour. So it was Everclear, Us, and, you know, a couple other bands. Um, American tour. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, so we were playing Sheds and, you know, probably anywhere up to 5,000. Yeah. You know. Um, and so... She said, you know, it's Brett, you gotta do it. Would she come on the road with you? No, 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 no. No. She she came on the road, well, sorta allowed? came yeah, allowed. I mean, Abby would come out every now and then, Brett's wife and um and their kids would come out uh for like a few days at a time here and there. Uh but Lauren Lauren came out when I was in filter towards the end of it. We were in Vegas. And so she flew out to Vegas <clears> to meet <throat> me there. And uh you know, we, we played and it was a 4th of July weekend. And so she was there for that show and we had a great time. And then we were taking the tour bus back to L.A. Uh, for the end of the road. And um, so she rode the bus back and <laughs> generator broke. So the air conditioning went out. It's 115 degrees out. 
And my singer in his infinite wisdom was like, oh, my God, the air conditioning's out. Open the windows. And we're like in slow motion. No. <laughs> and he does. And like all this dry heat 15 comes in. degree wind Oof. comes in. So Lauren and I literally are sitting on our bunk like, don't touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. And, um, and when we got back, uh, people were like, how was touring? Lauren, she's like, fuck that. <laughs> so she's, she's like, I'm never doing that crap again. I mean. It's 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 touring is not glamorous no. by any means unless you are super A list and you're flying private jets and you're you know staying in nice hotels, yeah. but you know the level that I was touring in even even like in Steel Panther which was a higher level surprisingly than Fuel and Filter, um, in, what, in what standard bigger right? places bigger crowds um, you know Steel Panther's got rab- rabid fans sure. um, and we you know uh, that's that's in another, my first you show know Steel Panther you yeah. Like them? Yeah, they are, you know, they're a lot of fun to watch and their songs are brilliant if you listen to the lyrics because they're so they're so over the top and misogynistic and drug. It's like an exhibition, you know, it's like a whole performance. It's a a spoof thing, sort of, but they take their music seriously. And they are, uh, the the drummer and the guitar player are two of the best musicians I've ever played with. Wow. Um, It's a big compliment. The the guitar player, he, he can do anything any style of music uh without even thinking about it and i hate him for it <laughs> uh, and and and, the, and sticks the drummer is just a genius he's he's an and he's an amazing musician outside of being a drummer for steel panther he's he played me some of his music that he's written um on his own and the only way i can there's one particular song that he played me and the only way i can describe it is if Alice in Chains were better than they are, wow! It was like I, I, it was I, 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 told, I told him I was like, this is literally one of the best songs I've ever heard in my entire life. And he's like, ha, ah, thanks. I'm like, no, I'm not blowing smoke, dude. This is like ridiculous. It was well, amazing. coming from you, that's a big compliment. It was you understand that it was great. Music and industry. He's an amazing keyboard player and uh, guitar player. Everybody in that band, the the <laughs> the singer who doesn't play anything live um, on stage at some festival. Uh, the guitar player threw him his guitar and he's like, play Eruption. And he did. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the guy who doesn't play. And he's like, just whipping out Eruption on the guitar. I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm like, these guys are keeping me on my toes. What's, uh, so you're, okay, so you t- you're touring with Fuel. Yeah. And um... so, all right, so it was supposed to be for a week or two. Right. And then literally after the first day, um, He's like, hey man, we need you. Yeah, he goes. So there's some business stuff going on. Didn't really tell you about it, but now that you're here and it's working, uh, would you be able to do the whole tour? That was a ten week tour, and my wife's pregnant. And I was like, uh, can I think about I'm it? Talk to the wife. Yeah. And so that night, I went to bed, um, and he and I actually were sharing a, a hotel room because um, we were waiting for our bus to come. And um, I woke up at six in the morning in a freaking panic. Just like, and, and it was six in the morning, East Coast time. So it was like three in the morning. So, you know, that wake up, bolt upright in bed and you're like, ah. and so I literally sat there from six in the, in the morning until he woke up at whatever time, just basically staring at him like, get up, I have to talk to you. Get up, I have to talk. <laughs> and it was, and I just said like, dude, I can't, I, I, I can't do the tour. I mean, I'll stay with you for a couple of weeks um, and I'll help you find somebody. And um, so, and that was going to be it, you know and uh, made a bunch of calls to other bass player friends and nobody could do it because 
was the beginning of a summer and everybody was on tour. Everybody, all my hired gun friends were on, on the road with other acts. And so I did it for a few weeks and then our tech, I, I ended up training our tech to take over and, and do it. And I was like, cool. See you guys later. Good luck. Um, that's how um, the lead singer, well, the, the recent lead singer from ACDC got the gig. Oh, was he teching for he them? He was a roadie, I think. Mm. And one of the, the old uh, singer didn't show up for a gig. And they were like, hey, can you fill in? Because you know all the songs. What's, uh, what's the new singer's name uh, from ACDC? The, Brian Johnson. But that's, that's not, that's, I don't no, know. The guy now. Brian Johnson. He's back. Oh. Um, but, but, No, I parked right around the corner. I just got a text. Oh. oh, thank you. Thanks, Bob. Um, it's it, I don't know who you're talking about, but I know it's not ACDC. Because Brian Johnson... The Back in Black yeah. record. The, that guy, the singer, I forgot his name. Brian Johnson. Is that him? The yeah. guy with the weird like, long hair? and the Brian Johnson. He, he <laughs> used to be a roadie. He may have been a roadie, but no, I know but, he was because uh, I watched a documentary about it. He but was the roadie he, for ACDC. But but Bon Scott, the other singer, he, died. So he died, but yes. he, but he didn't he didn't show up for a gig one night. Oh okay. Oh okay. And, and so he and, got up and, and the tour manager said, "Hey, get up there and sing the songs." Gotcha. And oh he, that and yeah. He, and okay. he crushed it. I know what you're talking about. And yeah. then they said, then they fired Bon, bon yep. Scott, and then he died after that, I guess. So fuel. So you you tell Brett. So, okay, so I tell Brett. Um, as soon as he wakes up, I'm like, I can't do it, dude. I can't do it. You know, I had the panic attack. And uh, he's like, cool. So I help him. Um, I, I try to make the calls to, to find somebody. Um, it's not happening. Um, our, our guitar tech um, is a guitar player and a bass player and plays bass in, a, in another band, but it's like goth. Like he's, he's like that guy, you know, super goth dude, which is cool, but doesn't really work with feel. And what so, they call that now emo emo music. No, they're is goth. That, is, that was a thing, but this is not that. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, no, this is my horror stuff. You know, like, <laughs> right. yeah, like he 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 plays it, he's, and he's he's a great bass player. Um, he plays in a band called the Jenna Torturers, which is like their show is out of control, wild, and anything you think that might happen on stage does. Um, you you walk out of there sort of like needing a deep 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 shower like know. some Marilyn Manson kind of shit it, I mean that's that's the wheelhouse art. totally right. that's the wheelhouse so <laughs> right. so so he starts doing the gig I leave the tour and about a week later Brett calls me he's like it's kind of not working can you come back and so I look at their schedule and I agree to come back for the last two weeks I said let let him do the five weeks in the mid, middle of the country and then I will come in for the last two weeks which was all on the west coast now we were all They'd worked their way, their way across, to home. closer to home. And are you doing every night? No, and that was another reason because it would be like two or three shows, then three days off, Got two it. or three. So I could go play a couple of shows, come home, come home, yeah. you know, and do that. And so I did all that. And then when that tour was over, he said, "Listen, the next runs we're going to do are just going to be fly dates. Can you just do fly dates? Leave on a Thursday or a Friday, come back Sunday or Monday." I was like, "Sure, I can do those." And so that happened that was going to be was going to be it and then next thing you know a bus tour happens and so six years uh, <laughs> i was in that band um for six years uh, and i mean well it must have been fun right it was fun you made it was some a lot money of fun. you weren't making carl's jr money but you were making money right i well i lost the carl's jr account in the midst of it because you were gone so time. much no just because they, they uh they changed voice. they they changed their uh 
Their campaign. Their campaign. I think they went with the black guy's voice. Uh, they did for I think a minute, and then they're <laughs> they back. Went back to white. And then, yeah, and and now <laughs> it's like the voiceover industry has completely changed. I mean, back yeah, I then that imagine. was that was a union gig, and you made uh, it was it was locked in what you were going to make, uh, you know, contractually yeah. and you know according to union rates and all that stuff. And there are only a, like a very there's a small group of people in the voiceover world. There it's, were. Now it's broadened. now it's different. But so. there was a minute because I remember when I was I've been in the industry thirty years. I remember when I was first starting out, there were like f- five or ten people that were booking the same. There were movie there, trailers, yeah. commercials. Right. There was like literally a whole little yeah. You had a wheelhouse, soft community. You had a wheelhouse. You stuck to it and you worked yeah. constantly. So it used to be that even with Carl's, I would get a minimum of three to four new business jobs a week. And now it's like if you get one every two months, good for you. Right. It's different. I you know, had a conversation with my agents about this not too long ago. 85% of all the jobs have gone non-union. Mm. I'm union. Can't do that. Um, and there's at least 80% more people trying to do it because... Right. Everything's done at home right. on computers. Right. So when I first started, and when I was when I was really busy, um, it was L.A., it was New York, maybe Chicago, maybe San Francisco, maybe Miami, but that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's anywhere, right? You know, um, you got a computer, you got <coughs> internet, right? You got a voiceover career, sure. Oh, well, I had careers using that. I have a friend loosely. of mine who's a who's a comic and a voiceover actor. His name's Scott Henry. I know Scott. You know Scott? Yeah. He's like big in the voiceover world. Yeah. He does a lot of cruise ships. He's actually him he's and comedian. his... comedian, yeah. He's a comic. He's yeah. an old school comic. Scott Henry and his wife, Catherine, mm-hmm. started a company called Big Comedy. Mm-hmm. And they're actually... We're about to do a deal with them for our podcast. All right. So they're going to uh, pretty much distribute any sort of comedy-related content on like you know, 40, 50 platforms and cool. Amazon and all that stuff. So... But I see him posting pictures. He does a lot of cruise ships. Yeah. And he sets up little, like, makeshift sound booths yeah. in his cabin. Yeah. With pillows and, yep. like, blankets. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> I've, 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 yeah, I've done hotel rooms, bedrooms, uh, tour bus bunks, every, right. everything. Right. As long as it's soundproof and you can... Soundproof. And it, it doesn't even have to be soundproof. It has to be soundproof-ish. Right. You know? But Scott, I mean, that's a prime example of what I'm talking so about. So funny that we know Scott. Well, Henry. I, I know Scott because we had the same agent here in L.A. That is what. That's such a small world. Where does Scott live now? He's in um, Kentucky. Exactly, and still doing it. Yeah. Because of the technology, he can exactly. go and live wherever you he, want. He he told me he's like fuck L.A. fuck New York. Yeah. I have my wife and my kid, and we you know he I think he lives in a really nice big house. Sure. It probably cost him three million dollars here. Probably got it for like. Two hundred fifty thousand and absolutely hundred percent. And I would I would do the same thing if I didn't grow up in L.A. Right. But this is my home. You know, like if I came here to for the business, and technology is the way it is, especially with on camera stuff. I'm doing all my auditions at home now. Yeah. Um, There's no reason to be in L.A. Sure. For me, except for the fact that I grew up here. I don't. I technically kind of grew up here. I don't right now. I don't. I'm not a big. I lived in Asia for two years. Mm-hmm. And I left LA because I got sick of it. LA is one of those like places. It's a it's a love hate relationship. Yeah. You know, you love it for a while, then you leave, but then you miss it. But you know where I live. I know where you. It live. Doesn't feel like LA. It does not. You feel like you're in the country, yeah. kind of. Um, <clears throat> a good friend of mine said, you know, people move to LA for the three W's: the women, 
the weather and the weed. Okay. <laughs> I and you pay that thirteen and a half percent tax, whatever the fuck, you know, yeah. for all that. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I'm want to phase out of here at some point and go to another state, maybe another country again. Yeah. I just feel like with the homeless and the politics and all this shit going on, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I mean, I, I have roots here, um, with my family, you know, not just my wife and kids, but my, my parents are in in LA. Um, I met your, uh, was it your, no, it was, you know, it was Lauren's dad. Sorry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lauren's dad. Um, then they live in the Bay area. So they're, they're down all the time. Um, her dad, his wife, and then her mom as well. Mm. They're constantly, you know, in and out of our house. So we're close. Yeah. So to move to my dream would be Costa Rica um, okay. doesn't work for family. <laughs> right, right. You know, right. if I were a single guy with no kids, perhaps. <clears throat> Although it's not that far of a flight. No, it's not. But it's not like, but hey, I we're, I, we're, we're going to go. Pop over to Costa Rica. Can you come Rica? down yeah. for, a, uh, you know, a week? Um, but, yeah, so, and, and, and like I said, you've been up to our house, you, or to our neighborhood, you know, our neighbors, we are all like a tight. Oh yeah, no, it's community. super. It's very, very tight knit. I and, like that. No, I love it. I haven't experienced that in a while. Same. So when I go up to Jason and Brittany's, you know, when they introduced me to all of you guys, I was mm-hmm. like, "This is really." It's it's bizarre. Well, it's in it, the best it, possible but way. Culturally and like from a tribal standpoint, everybody goes to each other's homes yeah. you share food you we share very pool. rarely plan parties they just sort of happen yeah. and when i say parties you know like we're making dinner and for you know a couple families are walking past our house come on in and they you know they they stop in to say hi next thing you know we're You're breaking pulling out bread. more food and, yeah yeah and all of you have kids that are all the same age yeah. which makes a lot of sense it hel- helps i think it's right? amazing it you know absolutely when when you know i i've been in this i of this new breed of people in the neighborhood i've been there the longest i've been there 18 yeah. years um, we, Lauren and I were, were trying to move out a couple of times and for whatever mm. reason it fell apart. Mm. Um, people were trying to buy my house, uh, you know, backing out of the deal or having a, a premonition. I had one person like, Oh yeah, you're premonition. Like, <laughs> Fuck your premonition. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason it, it fell apart and then she was pregnant and we're still there and we're still thinking about maybe we, we got to move out. There's no kids in this neighborhood it's, and we're isolated. We're out in the middle of nowhere. And one day we were walking and we saw Eddie Ift, mm-hmm. stand-up comedian, and his wife Lauren, yep. the other Lauren, um, walking, uh, pushing a baby stroller. And you knew Eddie prior to No, that. we didn't. Oh. We didn't know each other. Eddie Ift is a comic who lives in their neighborhood, who's also a great mutual friend of ours, <clears throat> who I'm trying to get on the podcast, but he's always he's, he's always gone. Always gone. Yeah. Um, so we're like, oh, there's somebody with a baby. In the neighborhood, but <laughs> seriously, like ding, ding, yeah, ding. yeah, yeah, exactly. And next thing you know, we become friends with them, and then our kids are born, and now our kids are best friends with their older daughter. They have a younger son as well. Right. But then we had a couple more people move in with kids, and then now it's like, did Brittany and Jason move in? They at, after the ifs, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, yes, actually, we were at. They were probably the fifth or sixth family with kids that mm-hmm. moved in, and uh, we met at a party. With uh, for one of the other kids in right. the neighborhood, the real estate broker who was selling them the house brought them over to this party, knowing that we would be there, and the ifs would be there, and you know, like oh, here, okay. here, here's your new neighborhood, here's families, and and so that's how we that, met. That's a good, that's a good real estate. Agent. Yeah, totally. If you're gonna live somewhere, know your neighbors. Exactly, <laughs> and she, yeah, she was, she was incredible, and she was Auntie Debbie to our kids, the real estate broker. You know, so, <laughs> uh, you know super tight community, but um, yeah, so now there's like at least. 26 kids that are within yeah. that same age range no no that whole neighborhood's really cool man yeah. I, 
I mean, you see me up there a lot for, yep. for one reason, to get out of Venice Beach where I live. Yeah. To go up, just be around like normal families. Yeah. And have some peace and quiet, mm-hmm. you know, because it's in the middle of nowhere. It's yeah. beautiful up there. It's heaven. I have two questions for you, and then we should wrap it up. Um, I want to circle back to the Rage thing okay. really, really quick. All right. Tom Morello, guitarist from Rage Against the Machine, asks you to be his bass player. Right. You say no. Right. He ends up hiring Zach and, uh, and Brad is the drummer. And, and Brad Tim. Wilkes is the drummer. But yeah. you went to a high school with Brad Wilkes. So, yeah. So here's here's the the funny thing. So when, when Tom... Brad Wilkes is the drummer from Rage Against the Machine. Right. I just want to So it. when Tom called me up to, to join the band, um, like I said, I was in this band, Some Angry Angel. We had a development deal with Warner Brothers, so we were getting money thrown at us. I was on a TV show. Um, so I was busy. And here is... A guitar player from a band that I that I had played shows with, uh, my old band Tribal Sex called and Lockup <laughs> Lock played up, played yeah. shows together. Um, he's and he called me. He's like, "Hey, I'm putting the thing together. I want you to play bass for me." I said, "What do you have?" He said, "Well, we don't have a singer yet. I have a drummer who is filling in on a Europe tour with this band Pearl Jam." Um, Was Pearl Jam big at the time? No, that's why he said this band Pearl Jam. <laughs> um, don't you love these stories, man? And uh, like, it's just unheard of. Like, some of the biggest band, like people in the world, and then you just well, back then. Yeah, they were nobody, back then so. they were they were nobody. I, I saw Pearl Jam. I didn't know that, by the way. I didn't know Brad played drums for Pearl Jam. Well, he did. I think he filled in on a tour f- uh, for them um, yeah. after uh, Dave, their original drummer, backed out, um, and uh, Brad and Eddie, um, the singer. For Pearl Jam, um, we're in a band together in San Diego. I think in San Diego, uh, it's called Bad Radio or Indian Summer. Eddie was in both those bands. I forgot which one Brad was in. Um, but what Tom didn't tell me was, was that it was Brad. Mm. He just said my drummer is playing. Blah blah blah. He didn't know that you guys knew each other. He didn't know we knew each other. Oh, interesting. I would have taken a gig if you knew that. If I knew that, because Brad was a friend of mine. Interesting. Um, but again, it wouldn't have been Rage Against the Machine because Zach wanted to come with Tim, and yeah, it would have been Fuel. <laughs> it would have been something, um, and 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 if I'm going to be honest, back then I wasn't a great player. Um, I was great at playing the songs from Tribal Sex Cult, mm-hmm. but I couldn't do much anything else because I had just started playing bass, maybe a year or so. And you said you're, you're self-taught, and I'm self-taught. Right. Yeah, so um, I could play our songs great because I wrote those parts, but you know. To like jam with people, I was I would have been in way over my head, um, so I probably wouldn't have kept the gig. You know, it's all right. It, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You know, you ended up having a great career regardless. But I just I thought it was an interesting story because that happens a lot. It it happens a lot. You just never know. You just never know yeah. who's gonna pop. Yeah. Um. My last question, and just to wrap this up with you, and thank you so much for making time. Absolutely, man. Um. Do you want people to know your Instagram and all that? Or Instagram is well, it's private. So if I don't know you, you can request, and I just won't accept you. Know what? You know, just just Google <laughs> Google Phil Buckman. There's a, a lot of stuff on you online. I yeah. didn't even realize. <clears throat> My last question to you is: um, So you're sober? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm not program sober. I oh. just I made it. No, no. But you you made, I don't drink. You made a conscious decision. Yeah, yeah. But there was a time in your life that you were. Drinking, doing drugs, smoking weed. Not doing drugs. I was never Were into you a drugs. Drinker? Uh, I, I, I mean, I was. I'm, I'm, I'm the. You're I'm, on I'm tour the, with like these awesome rock bands. Yeah, like you must have been. And partying. every now and then, I would, you know, I would turn it up, but I was never 
you weren't crazy. No, I was. I've never been crazy. I, I'm, you know, knock on wood. Knock I'm, on wood. I'm about as normy as normy gets. And I get that about you. But I, like, what made you quit 100% cold turkey? Drinking. Um, I every now and then I would go through. I would say like, all right, I'm gonna quit for a month just to like shed some weight, get into shape. And the last time I did that, which was three and a half years ago, um, I just, it, you know, I, 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 I was losing weight and I was feeling better and month came and went and I was like, why go back? Why, why go back? I don't miss it. Um, you know, I'm not getting into stupid fights with my wife anymore, which were my fault because I was, you know, every now and then just get, you know, pig headed and whatever. Yeah. Um, Alcohol does that. And, you know, like when we all get together, you know, and you've been there for many of these things, like when we all first get together, I miss it a little bit. You know, everybody's drinking and having fun and having you're not a, missing. Anything, well, well <laughs> you know, I, I, everybody's having a cocktail and I miss it. I miss that feeling of like you just start getting that buzz up going. And then, you know, half an hour goes by and people are still drinking. And then on, and then I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I know why I stopped. This is why, I, you know, like <laughs> these people are sloppy. No. Um, we were at Phil's house one night and you made these things called a brain hemorrhage. Brain hemorrhages. Yep. Brain. Have you ever had a brain hemorrhage? It's basically, uh, it's what, is, what is it again? It is peach schnapps. I, yeah, exactly. And? In a, sh- in a shot glass. In a shot glass. Peach schnapps. Bailey's, I Float think? a little Bailey's on top. And then in a syringe, you take grenadine and shoot it from about six inches Ugh. or eight inches up, and it pulls the Baileys down into the peach knobs. It, and it looks, looks like, like a blood clot. Physically, like visually, it looks like a brain hemorrhage. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're all doing shots that Phil's making. He doesn't even drink. He's yeah. making these at his fucking house. And he's, we had like, I think, three or four of them. Easily. They and go I down really so easy. I felt so great that night, but I woke up like a fucking truck hit me the next morning. You are, That's why it's called a brain hemorrhage. You are so very welcome. <laughs> Um, yeah, and no, I learned that co- I learned that drinking college um, at a progressive party <laughs> yeah. in a fraternity house, um, and I've taken that. So, what this is why you everybody should stay in school. This is what I got from school is how to make a brain hemorrhage. Right. <laughs> Three years at San Diego State before I quit to to play in tribal sex cult. Um, you were the guy. Yeah, making, uh, making the brain, brain hemorrhages. That's what I got out of college. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, hey guys. That's another episode of Hollywood Tales. Phil Buckman. Thanks, brother. Thank you, my friend and brother. Uh, Wolf Ramirez over here producing, directing, editing. Jack Higgins, uh, Jake Kotler, Dave Bell, the owners of Gem of the Van, Jake Trainer, our uh, venue director. If you've never been here, it's at 38, I'm sorry, 3384? 3384 Motor Avenue right here in West L.A. It's an awesome place. Go to Jam in the Van. They have live music, live comedy, our podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode, and we out. Thanks.